I grew up in a house of secrets. So my parents were pretty into BDSM. We found out my dad had had a child when he was 16. Then it was dad, I'm pretty sure was trans. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. Sometimes you have to go through the darkness to reach the light. That's what I did. After 12 years of recovery in sex and love addiction, I finally found my soulmate, myself. Please join me in my novel, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, a four-time bestseller on Amazon. It's a brutal, honest, raw, gnarly ride, but hilarious at the same time. Check it out now on Amazon. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know, those deep, dark secrets you probably want to take to your grave. Or those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing. Really? The how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is D. Now, D. I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret? My secret is that I grew up in a house of secrets. <gasps> Ooh, <laughs> that's like such a mystery. You got me really, really excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hit it. I mean, I love a house of secrets. I felt like I grew up in a house of secrets. So tell me. Well, I guess the first thing that is important to know is that um, my mother comes from a, sort of a background of severe abuse. Like, okay. <clears throat> yeah, like if what happened to my mom and her siblings happened today, yeah. it would be on the news and my grandmother would be in jail. Like, what do that, you mean? Oh God, everything you can think of. She would, uh, the only things that like you've seen in the news that she didn't do to them, mm -hmm. to my knowledge, she never chained anyone to a bed and she didn't ever kill anyone, but she would choke them. Oh my yeah, God. Hit them with cast iron skillets. She would throw big old glass, you know, those old like 1960s glass ashtrays at them. Like those, the real big, like blocky square ones. Yeah. Like she was, she was an awful, awful woman and um, the most unhappy person you ever probably met in your life. I have to tell you, my grandmother too, our mom's mom was Satan. She was so mean and broken and we used to call her the devil. So how did that affect your mom and your household? So thankfully, uh, she did break the cycle of abuse. My mom did not abuse us ever. Um, she, she was strong enough to do that. Um, but I think just having grown up, having her own secrets and her own shame and all of that stuff, she, she was very withdrawn and sort of emotionally unavailable at times. Yeah. Um, it was really weird. She's like this, she still is this very strange combination of like involved and withdrawn, like <laughs> so weird. <laughs> You know, she was like involved in our school, like always there, room parent, that kind of thing, but just could not emotionally connect. There was no depth to the connection. Yeah. Like a, a fear of intimacy she had. Way. Yeah. Here, here's my question for you. Are you mm -hmm. the same way she was? 
Um, I was for a while, <laughs> um, but um, once I had my own kids, I um, I don't know, just all of a sudden, like the weight of being a mom hit me in that like the things that I say to my kids and the, uh, the things that I do to, or for them mm-hmm. hit them in a different way because I'm their mom. Like it's a different weight than if this were some other person in their life. And right. so I realized I had to get my shit together and figure out how to emote because I didn't really know how to do that. Yeah, because um, you didn't get the skills and your mom didn't get the skills and her mom nope. probably didn't get the skills. Nope. And and when you would express emotion in my house, it was um, thrown at you as you were trying to manipulate people. And I was like, no, I just have a feeling. Like I'm not trying to get you to react to that feeling. I'm expressing a feeling. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You're like, I'm sad. I'm not being sad to manipulate you. I'm just sad. Right. I'm just sad. Wow. Yeah. And so because of that, I kind of was really emotionally stunted well into my twenties because I, I just, when you can't express emotion and you have to just shove it all down, like you don't learn to identify what those things are. So mm-hmm. um, it was a, it was a big learning curve for me. I'm still on that journey. I don't really totally get it, but Um, Once I did have my kids, I definitely realized that like, you know, my mom's way of improving on the way that she was parented was to not abuse us. That's a pretty big thing, right? Right. That's a step in the right direction. Good for (laughs) her. No, it's true. She broke that cycle. But now you're breaking the emotional cycle. Right. And so that's what I did is I made sure that I was emotionally available for my kids. It was not comfortable. It still is not comfortable. They're adults now, but um. It's not comfortable, but I do it because it's important and, and it has enabled me to have a very, very different kind of relationship with my kids than my mom has with either me or my sister. Wow. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> my mom grew up just having to keep secrets because, you know, she's getting the shit kicked out of her all the time. And uh, she met my dad who had his own very big secret. <laughs> What's that? Um, so my dad, uh, I'm pretty sure was trans. Uh-huh. Um, so I, and I do want to say a word here about pronouns. Um, cause this is a thing. Yes, please. Uh, I love we, this. Yeah. <laughs> so I use masculine pronouns when I speak about my father, even though I am all but certain that he, he was trans because my dad never came out to me. Okay. Um, never acknowledged anything. And because of that, I never met the woman who he potentially was. So wow. I don't know her at all. Okay. Um, so he, he just never introduced me to her. It's so interesting because it was like, he was a split. Like he still, yeah. he compartmentalized his two realities. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Take me through that. Wow. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird. Uh, so my parents also had their own kind of kinks that they did and, you know, not to kink shame anybody do what makes you feel happy. I don't care. Doesn't impact me at all, but, uh, please hide that stuff from your children. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hide all of that stuff. Cause I saw things I shouldn't have and it's really oh, bad for a child's mind. So what did you see so at weird. a young age? Um, 
Well, they, so my parents were pretty into BDSM, which I think was kind of early on. Cause you know, like I'm, I'm 50. So, but like we would find like toys or, um, you know, masks, uh, we found Polaroid photos that were not hidden very well, um, letters that they would write to each other, just weird stuff that kind of, when you're a little kid and you see that stuff, you, you don't know how to process it like at all, at all, at all. And so you have this vague idea that it's a thing that you shouldn't talk about, but you really don't know why. And, uh, and you, you don't know if it's dangerous or not. Yeah. Um, Did they ever know? know that you guys found it found any of that stuff no god okay. i would die if they knew <laughs> i like would literally just pass out and die right there no no i still don't want my yeah. mom okay no okay <laughs> definitely not you um, literally just answered that no like seven <laughs> times i'm like gotcha gotcha yeah. that's a no <laughs> oh god uh-uh. uh we do not have that kind of a relationship <laughs> okay noted i wrote that down i got it <laughs> so um yeah so that was kind of like the start of everything and then okay. so you know we found that kind of stuff and you get sort of sexualized early like not Very. directly but like indirectly sexualized and and you don't you just can't put it anywhere. You don't know what to do with it. And it's very confusing. Very confusing. I agree. And uh, so that was kind of the start of it. And then my dad traveled a lot for work. Mm -hmm. And when he would come home from his business trips, he would be really freaked out to like make sure everything was in the exact same spot it was when he left. And, you know, now knowing his secret, I totally get why. But at the time, like I didn't know he would just come home and just be a dick if like anything was moved anywhere. So he had been gone for like two weeks and my sister and I were like running around the house trying to get it clean and make sure everything was in the right spot. Cause we just didn't want to deal with it when he came home. And I went to put something into his closet and this suitcase like dropped out uh, from the (gasps) top Uh and it it was seriously like a movie like a bad movie like hit just right and it kind of popped open open. open. I'm literally it is it's like a thing that you don't ever think happens in real life but it really did happen in real life and it popped open and there were like women's clothes and like makeup and wigs and stuff like that yeah and my mom didn't and still doesn't wear a lot of makeup. So that was kind of a weird thing to see. Yeah. And, you know, nobody, my mom didn't wear wigs. And so that was kind of weird to see. And it was definitely clothes that like my mom wouldn't wear. Right. Like my mom. And they were in his closet. Right. But because we had found weird stuff there before, like, again, I didn't have a place to put it. So I just sort of filed it away in the weird file. Yeah. Where the file (laughs) you don't have a name for. You're like, huh? Okay, that will go there in my head. Got it. In the like shit that will come up in therapy when I'm an adult. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That That you black out and then you realize you're like, oh, that actually made an impression on me and kind of messed me up for many, many years. Yes, that file. Gotcha. We all have that file. Yeah. (laughs) And now I know where to what 
you know, where to put it. So now we've got to put it there and now we have to process it and deal with it 20 years later. Wow. So, um, so that happened and I was like, okay, that's weird. Just put everything back and just kind of filed it away and didn't really ever think about it again. Okay. Well, then my parents got divorced when I was in my thirties, which was a really weird thing to have happen anyway. Right. And then also because my parents have no boundaries at all, when they got divorced, they felt like that meant they could tell my sister and me every single terrible thing that the other one had ever done <gasps> in their so entire life. So much damage. That's so, so much damage. Why do, so why do you think you could do that as parents, even when your kids are adults? It's still not appropriate. No, it's it will the only kind of parents I think that feel like they can do stuff like that are people who are already very immature and, and enmeshed in adult children <laughs> and yes. have some so, kind of codependency or situation addiction, yes. something. Yes. Yep. <laughs> All of those things. Yes. So and that is those are my parents. So, you know, they told us every terrible, horrible, gross, disgusting thing that they could think of about the other one, just in, in an effort, I believe to triangulate us into the divorce and, you know, pick their side. So yeah, to be right. They wanted to be right. And here's the thing. That's when the secrets of your household spilled out all over you in during mm. your thirties, right? Yes. And then it was like a shit tidal wave that just came and we were just drowning and like all of this stuff. Like all of a sudden we found out my dad had had a child when he was 16. No. <laughs> yeah. Like just all kinds of shit. Oh my. The, yeah. Do you know this person? No, um, my dad ended up getting actually sent away to a, a boarding school after that happened by my grandmother because uh-huh. um, his father died when he was young. And so it was just my grandmother raising him. And so she oh didn't my know God, to do, do we then. literally have my dad's dad died when he was young? <laughs> my dad's dad uh, took him out to play catch for his 10th birthday because he bought him a baseball glove and uh-huh. he had a heart attack and died in front of him. Wow. You and I got some issues. Yeah. We are like a hot mess over here. People <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is crazy. Okay. Go. My, my children tell me all the time, like, I have no idea how you're as normal as you are. Like with <laughs> your family, you should really be a lot more fucked up than you are. <laughs> well, cause you did the work. You and I, I you did, did the, the work. work. Yeah. You do therapy. I did therapy years and years and years. So it's like, you have to do the work to heal. Yeah. yeah. It's not some magic trick. No, no, you, you don't, you, you don't have that capacity within yourself. You just yeah. don't, you need, yeah. you need a professional. So you found out he had a love child when he was 16. You yeah. never met this child, correct? No, no. My dad wow. did ask me to find him after the divorce. And um, I told him no, because uh, at the time the girl was sent away as they did. And um, mom pretended she was pregnant and the parents adopted him. And then they moved away from the little town that they were in. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't, for all I know, this man, Wait, the girl's mom pretended she was pregnant. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Whoa. This is like a town of secrets. Like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my life. I promise. Wow. Yes. Okay, so, keep going. 
<laughs> the girl's mom pretended she was pregnant when the baby was born. Mm-hmm. She pretended she had the baby. They um, legally adopted him and um, he was raised as their child and with his mother as his sister. And for, you know, as far as I know, he, he knows nothing that my father even exists. Right. And so that would be really bad if you reached out and said, hey, oh my I'm God. your like, half sister. Yeah. I'm going to blow up your entire life. No, I would not do that to another person, especially because, it, you know, it's not like my dad was a millionaire and had something to give this guy. Like <laughs> it would just be his vanity for knowing, you right. know, hey, I'm your father. And that's not a good enough reason to blow up somebody's not. life. You're right. So, You're correct. That was the best decision. Good job. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Again, parents have no boundaries. Yeah. None. So, yeah, we found out just you know, every terrible thing. And then my mom pulls out that, oh, well, again, this was in the nineties. No, the early two thousands, you know, at that point, we didn't really have the right vocabulary around trans people. So Mm -hmm. my mom just said, oh, well, you know, your dad dresses in women's clothes. And then like that other puzzle piece kind of clicked into place. Mm -hmm. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, so that's what the suitcase was about. Like now I know where to file that away. Wow. Um, and so I guess, yeah, my mom found him uh, when she came home from work one day and found him dressed. And um, so after my parents got a divorce, that wasn't the reason for their divorce. It was, mm-hmm. it was a contributing factor for their divorce, but my parents definitely never should have been married in the first place. So it was not the only reason for the divorce. They, there was infidelity on both sides. Like my parents were a fucking disaster. Like, Your parents needed to join my program. Like just a disaster. Come on over. I have a seat like, saved. Like, right. come on, sex and love addiction. Yeah. <laughs> Poor them though. You know, when you are yeah. so lost within yourself to keep mm-hmm. like reaching outside of yourself, you know, your poor father actually was born something else and he wasn't able to live his life yeah. like that. It's so Never. sad. And your mom is, you know, with someone that's unavailable, it seems. Right. Right. Which totally tracks because, you know, her parents weren't exactly emotionally available to her. So yeah. it seemed normal to her and that's what she did. And then, you know, realized why he was emotionally unavailable and, you know, like, that wasn't necessarily what she signed up for. That's not her orientation. So, you know, it, it was very difficult. So did you ever say anything to your dad after she said that? I did. I tried so many times. My dad passed away in, um, 2014. Okay. And, um, so I tried so many times to talk to him about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I also, one, I have two sons and uh, one of my sons is gay. That's not a big deal in my house. Like, no, love who you want. You know, I mean, love is love, man. As long as it's healthy love, I don't care. Right. (laughs) Like I knew that kid was gay when he was 18 months old. My best friend and I had a conversation about it. Wow. Can I ask you how you knew? I just knew. I don't know. It was really weird. He he's always just been very like tender Uh in a way that like my other son is not. And like other boys around him are not. Yeah. And, um, just, it it was just that tenderness that kind of clued me in and, and then, you know, just 
watching him grow, it was just very apparent. That oh, I love this- that. Look how in tune you are as a mom. That makes me want to cry. Like that's I, so beautiful. Well, I mean, I feel like that's my job is to it is but not every mother does that and I'm just giving you a compliment like that's a huge deal that you are well, that thank you in to your child when you came from a background of secrets and lies yep. a house yeah, of well, secrets and lies and that was what I didn't want for him either yeah. and that's I feel like the best gift that I gave to him is that he didn't have to hide who he is. He's, he's free to be himself and, you know, he's married now and, you know, he's free to love the person that he loves and who loves him. And, you know, they're perfect together and it's beautiful. And, you know, he never had to hide that from us. But here's the thing. You did it with boundaries. Well, yeah. There's a difference because you could have swung the opposite way where you tell your child everything and you overexpose and you, you just want to like, you know what I mean? Like we can swing yeah. those extremes, but you did it in a way where you didn't have secrets and lies, but you also had boundaries and you didn't overexpose your child to adult things when they are not ready for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was one of the things that I felt was the most unfair thing in my childhood. So I definitely yeah. wanted to make sure that I did not continue with that because I I did not like that at all. (laughs) You are stopping that generational trauma. Look at you. You're a trailblazer. (laughs) I'm like, I feel like I'm your like (laughs) life coach right now. (laughs) No, but let's get back to your dad. So you tried to bring it up. Did he, what did he say? What did you say? Um, Well, you know, I said, you know, dad, this is a thing that mom told me. And Mm -hmm. I want you to know that when I was 16, I found this suitcase. And so it tracks and it makes sense. And Mm -hmm. I want you to know that I don't care and it doesn't matter to me. And that the most important thing for me is to actually truly know you and have an authentic relationship with you. How'd that go over? Not well at all. He, um, <laughs> he I'm denied to have that too, just so you know, right? go ahead. Yes. Yeah, like, oh he, man. He lied and said it wasn't true. And, mm. um, you know, my dad's, uh, favorite defense mechanism was to just say, well, I'm your father. And so what I say goes, and that's how it is. And yep. so that was the end of any you're argument. Child, even though you're yep. 30, you're my child. Right. Don't talk to me like that. You don't know what it's, you're talking about. Blah, 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 blah. Exactly. You couldn't possibly be a fully formed human being on your own and have your own insights and opinions that actually might you know, enlighten me about some things. Oh, that older generation. If you're out there and you're listening and you're in that older generation, like it's okay to share your vulnerability and your truth. Like no one's going to hurt you. So I'm just, if you're out there, it's okay to be you. Cause that's so sad. Your dad went to his grave with this. That's the main thing, right? Like he went to went to his grave with it. He would, he would not. And I tried multiple times in many different ways to try to just let him know that like, Hey, it's totally okay. And all that's waiting over here for you is love and acceptance. Yeah. And he just Couldn't could it. not walk through that door. What about and your sister? Cause you said, did it affect your sister differently? How, you know, can I ask about that or, or no? Yeah. My sister actually, um, had has had a much different 
kind of life. She has not done the work. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so she does not, she does not even admit a lot of the trauma that we faced in our childhood. Yeah. So it's weird to have conversations with her sometimes. Like we'll talk about the exact same thing that happened and we will remember the exact same thing, but just our reactions. Yes. Yeah. My <laughs> sister and I talk about it, which she'll be listening. Shout out to my sister. You're the best. <laughs> but every situation I would come from therapy and go, Hey, do you remember this? And she's like, no, I don't remember it. Or she remembers it a different way. And it's every single child in a family takes this information and they mold it to how they can survive. Right. So it's like, it will affect one child one way and the other child could be in denial and affect a completely different way. Right. So when she was doing her process, she had to call me and say, Hey, did this happen and this and this? And I'd have to like confirm it. Yes, this happened. Yes, this is what, you know. It's really, it's it's really weird. And and sometimes it's frustrating to have a conversation Completely. with her. Yes. <laughs> She'll be like, oh, that's not at all how I took that. Like I thought we were just having fun. And I'm like, no, that's not what we were doing. <laughs> that's not what's happening, sis. Yeah. So she kind of uh, went the opposite way. She mm-hmm. ended up in a series of abusive relationships and mm. um, kind of just now she's, she's in her late forties and she's kind of just in the last year decided to take control of her life. So, yeah. Well, I hope she gets on the other side of it because there's something about doing this work that you do change the generations after you, whether you have children or not, whether you get into another relationship, it's, it stops with you. The truth will be revealed no matter which way you can deny it or not deny it. It will come out sooner or later. Right. And I think that our, uh, our highest purpose as human beings is to do better than the generation before us. Amen. So you can't fix everything, but you can fix something and then the generations after you will fix the things after that. So that is what I've tried to do. <laughs> well, it seems like you tried to let him live his truth at the end and he still mm-hmm. wanted to go to the grave with the secret. How do you feel now that you did grow up in this house of secrets and lies and you're now this, the holder of it by yourself? know, the therapy that I've been through and the things that I've been doing, I've been letting go of a lot of that. Um, the, the lingering part for me is just sort of, um, a, a deep, deep sadness. Like mm. I, there was a lot of shame because, you know, when you grow up with secrets and there's like things you're not supposed to talk about, mm-hmm. it, I think it's just natural to have shame around that because if you're uh, not yeah. supposed to talk about it, then like it's bad. Right. Yeah. And if it's bad, then like, oh, that means I'm bad or that they're bad or, you know, and so there's a lot of shame. Mm -hmm. And so I've been letting go of a lot of the shame. The part that endures for me is just a deep sadness that my dad never got to be who he truly was and that he never experienced the actual love and acceptance and authenticity that was on the other side of just saying those words, you know, and so his life was completely unfulfilled. Mm. And that is a very sad thing to me. So sad. I like want to cry right now. Like so sad. It's like, 
tragic. It's very tragic. And, you know, I don't know who she was, but, you know, maybe by introducing her to us, a lot of really great things could have happened. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, so he, he not only deprived himself of being who he was, but he deprived the world of what she could bring to the world. I literally could talk to you forever and I I literally (laughs) crying. So thank you very much. But if anybody is listening out there that isn't living their truth is living in a house of secrets, what would be your one advice as we wrap up this? I would say if you are the secret keepers, then just be yourself, just be authentic. Like there's no shame in being who you truly authentically are. And all that's going to result from that is that you are going to meet your actual true tribe. You're going to meet the people who love the real you and not the fake you. Mm. And that is so beautiful and so fulfilling and wonderful. And and you deserve to have that. Mm. Beautifully said. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing this in your house of secrets. I'm, I'm forever grateful. Oh yeah, no problem at all. Thank you for having me. And if you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Until next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you'd like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.